This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Getting proper mental health care can help you feel more like you. That's why Cerebral offers convenient access to online mental health services, including therapy and medication management. Cerebral's diverse clinician team can help with anxiety, insomnia, relationship issues, workplace stress, and more. You can schedule and communicate with your care team through Cerebral's mobile app and attend your sessions from the comfort of your own home. Get started with or without insurance. Plus, you can use your FSA or HSA. Start your first month for 50% off at Cerebral.com slash ACAST. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Jesse Cruikshank, and I've always been told I have a face for podcasting. So I launched a podcast. It's called Phone a Friend because each week I'll break down the biggest stories in pop culture. But when I have questions, I get to phone a friend. I'll phone a royal watcher to find out why Prince Harry is acting like a real housewife. I'll phone a tween to please explain euphoria. And maybe I'll even phone a backstreet boy to find out if I still have a chance. I don't? Okay. New episodes drop every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is the Cinemile, the podcast where we used to walk home from the movies. And today we're walking around because there's a movie on our TV. And we're so excited. This is a movie we've been waiting so long to watch. There's been such a buzz about it since like early last year when it premiered. Um, early last year I believe so in the year 2020 uh, yes it's wow. finally been picked up for distribution in the UK so we are going to watch it on Sky Cinema and it's up for every award going just won a load of BAFTAs it's up for like best director best writer best actress best best film at the Oscars so like high hopes for this one I would say yeah I'm really buzzed for this <laughs> I'm excited um, and the director I've seen the, I've seen the trailer I've seen half of the trailer then I turned it off because it was like I same. mean I and I kind of know the premise but like I want I want it like I think it sounds really interesting but I just want to wait and like hold judgment on the film mm-hmm. um, but interestingly you know the director's name um, Emerald Fennel yes Emerald because Fennel I just looked at it on Google yeah, I know a minute ago. you did and I couldn't remember <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, she's so accomplished right so this is her first this is her feature debut um, she wrote the script and directed it which is amazing yeah um, That's awesome. She's also an actress, right? She starred in lots of things, including The Crown. And I she, seen that. who is she in that? I mean, I don't know. I don't watch The Crown. And she one of the one of the royals. I don't know. One I of them said. royals. I literally just said I don't know. <laughs> um, and she was like the showrunner on season two of Killing Eve. Oh wow! Yeah, That's which is cool. amazing. So I'm fascinated to see what she's. I bet done. she's younger than us. I looked her up. She's the exact same age as me. Oh, that's not so bad. Same month, same year. Yeah, so she's younger than me. Yeah. Damn. 
but I mean that doesn't matter like yeah. you're not an actress in the I crown I hate accomplished people and you didn't yeah but Cathy I could have been it was my dream to be an actress in the crown you weren't sure on her on Killing Eve season 2 but yeah I'm just so interested to watch it and love Carrie Mulligan like she's brilliant yeah she's awesome I feel like I haven't seen her in ages in something but I've, I've off always off the top of my head I can't think of anything I've seen her such a strong actor we've also not seen any movies recently uh, but she's, she's amazing so many movies well yeah but not from as many as the comfort as of like. our own home <laughs> anyway so Pong for Promising Young Woman finally it's here in the UK so we can actually watch it yeah and uh, I, have, I haven't been this excited about a movie maybe since Parasite no maybe since Tenet because Tenet I was just so excited to go back to the cinema more than for the movie itself yeah but yeah this one I can't wait to yeah, watch proper excitement this feels like an, an event because you know everyone's going to be watching everyone's it well, talking right? about it yeah. and everyone's watching it so and like the, the the director is not one of two women nominated at their Oscars this year Chloe Zhao for Nomadland is the yeah, other one right yeah. so, you which know I'm that. excited because we're getting that in Disney Plus uh, this month as well oh awesome mm. finally we're getting to see these movies um, so it's you know it's a huge thing that she has been nominated so few women have ever even been nominated which in itself is absurd but let's you know let's be real it is a big deal to be nominated and uh, there we go we're going to go watch Promising Women alright see you in a bit every week I go to a club I act like I'm too drunk to stand and every week a nice guy comes over to see if I'm okay. You okay? You are so pretty. I am a nice guy. Are you? One, two, three, four. I thought we had a connection. Okay. How old am I? What are my hobbies? What's my name? Sorry, maybe that one's too hard. Cassandra? <laughs> We're in class together at Forest. You would have been a great doctor. What happened? I left under unusual circumstances. You remember what happened, right? Why I dropped out. I'm not the only one who didn't believe it. We get accusations like this all the time. Who needs brains? They never did a girl any good. I'm so sorry I didn't go with her. You gotta let it go. Hi, we're back. We've watched Promising a Young Woman and now we're out for a walk so we can talk about Promising Young Woman. I wish we'd seen it in the cinema. Yeah, 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 yeah. It I mean, obviously things are better in the cinema. No, but, but this movie in particular, and we'll get to it in the spoiler street, there's some really uh, gut-wrenching moments that I feel like in a... You know the way, like, it's not a horror film, but when you're in a horror movie or a comedy and there's, like, the a certain shared reaction... Shock. Shared shock or reaction yeah. to something... This there, movie there's would have definitely been... to be moment. Yeah, there was yeah. like I was like, oh, I, I, think, yeah. I think I no, I literally just screamed out loud. <laughs> <laughs> there's some real shocker uh, moments in this. What is a revenge thriller? I would say, um, yeah. and yeah, like I would have absolutely been buzzing to see it in the cinema. Like walk home straight afterwards, like just totally debriefing on it. But anyway, we weren't. Um, it's. My God, this movie's amazing. It's better than you think it's going to be. It's so good. Like, you think it's going to be brilliant because of all the accolades it's getting. And then... And then it's even better. <laughs> it's great. It's... It's it like, is you know, a... those really cheesy quotes you hear about, like, this is a gut punch of a movie. It is. It's all those cheesy things that people say when they're trying to describe how thrilling a movie is. It is thrilling. This movie is. Do you, know, do you know what it's so good about it? Is that it's like... This is, for me, like... Pin, like the peak achievement of like 
movie making and cinema when you for me personally when you can tackle a very important and um, weighty and difficult subject um, and do it in a very um, do it do it in a in a matter that does justice to the conversation and gives perspective to an audience and leaves you as an audience member coming away rethinking the world and perspective and your place in society in general and etc etc while also wrapping it up in a ridiculously entertaining package right that's yeah. the bit like, a lot of it's movies thrilling. a lot of movies can do the first bit but they become very that's the traditional oscar worthy baity sort of serious po face thing this movie is like colorful and funny and energetic while also being in, like it deals with very very dark subject matter and like trigger warning for anyone like what this movie talks about and we will be getting into is sexual assault and consent and and everything in that spectrum yeah and yeah what this what this movie does is you know, uh, sorry if it's your first time here there's no spoilers no yet spoilers. for this movie we will only top line discuss the uh, the synopsis of the movie or what you would see in a trailer exactly. and then we'll turn to spoiler street later and so kind of her core mission which is to almost school men about consent through pretending to be really drunk and then when they almost always try and take advantage of her she then kind of sobers up and like kind of verbally reprimands them and kind of questions what they're doing and and that in itself is really dark and also it's really dark subject matter is also really dark for her as a character that that's what she does every weekend like her whole life is focused on that and but then in the midst of that this is where I was picking up real killing even Villanelle vibes because her costumes are awesome she's a brilliant actress it's Carrie Mulligan she can act but the character is a brilliant actress it was such Villanelle yeah. vibes and, and all the men they cast that she met along the way are men that we're all familiar with best drunk acting I've seen <laughs> yeah, she's a brilliant drunk actress but all the men that we meet are men we're familiar with from other roles, roles where they all play really nice guys yeah um, so so as an audience that's very jarring for us already and kind of the bigger message of it really I smart like, casting I feel like the bigger yeah. message is like you know sec- issues of sex and sexual consent and sexual assault there's a spectrum and kind of at the core a lot of you know men who would identify as really nice guys and other people in their life would identify them as really nice guys in situations where there's alcohol involved and very dubious if if zero consent from a woman they don't feel like they're they don't they don't feel like their behavior is predatory and when confronted by her they just get really pissed off. Yeah. And that's that's and think, you're crazy. What's wrong with you? And she's like, two seconds ago, I was blacked out on your bed. And now I'm fully alert. And suddenly you think there's something wrong with me because you were trying to do X, Y, and Z with me while I was blacked out. And they're all like, and that's why the casting is so good because they're really offended. And like from our, it, it messes with our minds because we kind of associate those actors as good guys. It's just so cleverly done. And that's only the beginning of the movie. And kind of that, just taking over her life though and then we discover why and so it's like both really fun like some of the scenes where she's kind of entrapping the men but also really dark and sad and that's such a fine line and I read this really interesting piece with the director that Terry White from Empire did like a year ago but I think they've just published it now because the movie's just come out and 
she talked about like the references she had for the movie and like when she was like doing the mood board and stuff like a lot of really fun like naughty music and also visually movies like Clueless which are like bubbly and frothy looking and like but then there's so much more going on under the surface and and I think one of the reasons we would have loved the movie as well because we're clearly like the same age as the director and like she's fully it's movie it's you know it's at one stage we thought it was set with. in the early noughties yeah like it's song got, it's got a lot of pop culture references it does and like yeah. it, it feels very topical for us as well as people for me personally it's just one of these things that like it, like we you talked about Dave how it really makes you think and and I sat really uncomfortably through a large part of it because it really made me reflect on actions of male friends of mine yeah uh, in university um actions of my own on you know in, in certain situations where something ambiguous may have been going on nothing to the extreme of what's going on in this movie by the way but ambiguity and how people respond to that in group situations particularly when they're very young and I know when I and, and was in c- school when I was very maybe 16 there was like the advent of picture phones that were nothing like phones we look at now they were extremely blurry and you can't really see the pictures but I do remember a picture being shared around of um, a young girl and you couldn't even see her face but there was a picture being shared around to someone and it was on my phone I didn't go to the police about it I deleted the picture I didn't want to see it yeah. but now you look through this lens and you're like God, like in some shape or form we'll all have been culpable in something in this vein and, that's, and that, it's so it's so thought provoking exactly that's what's very interesting about this is the that sort of uh, complicity by lack of by inaction right yeah Almost that, that's what's analysed here it's not there's no very easy clear cut black and white in this movie well or, there's or a couple of real baddies there's a couple of, yeah. yeah there's a couple but like but it, it's, it's all, for me the interesting area is that grey area surrounding it and the, as you said earlier, the perspective that individuals have, and this felt very relatable. Of like, I'm, I'm, I'm a nice guy, right? I'm yeah, a nice like, guy. I would never do that. I was just but, drunk and I was in college, and that was years ago. And like, the, exactly, you park it's, it's, your college life, and you're like, I'm like all the men in this movie. Oh, I'm a doctor now. Like I'm grown up. When I was 22, something that happened when I was drunk. It's like removed from me, and I have no connection to it. And and that's also oh, how a and, lot and, of us and, feel. And a lot of it is it's the explanations. It's the it's the the way people paste over the cracks with sort of like just like we were drunk, she was drunk, blah blah blah. But also in like, real life, we do that about not just issues around sex or consent, but like issues in general. When your own behaviour, when you think back in the past, something that you're not proud of and you wouldn't do now. But you kind of mentally disassociate yourself from it because I guess that's how the human brain works and that's how we move on with our lives. Yeah. If you feel in the past you may be wrong someone or treated someone poorly and you regret it and you may even have apologised or you may never see that person again. But you don't grapple with it day to day because no. you can't. You have to park it, right? Because that's how the brain works. And this movie just explores all that. But then like, we haven't even talked about the fact that it's then like so stylish. Yeah. Like... It's brilliantly shot. I noticed that it has the best editing uh, Oscar nomination as well. It's so colourful and vivid. As soon as it got me straight away with the title credits, which were done in the style of like an 80s arcade video game. And I'm just like, what? I'm, on, I'm on board, Emerald Fennel. Yeah. <laughs> take, me, take me on and this we're journey. we're so on this revenge journey. Like we're so bought into it. And like, there's just some really iconic scenes as well. Like there's a scene where like, 
two characters are dancing around in a pharmacy to a Paris Hilton song which I've never heard of and I was like oh my god that scene I know this scene is iconic as I'm watching it I'm going to think about this scene yeah for a long time there's some incredible scenes towards the end that we'll get to on Spoiler Street which like knocked our socks off the whole third act of this movie (laughs) which we'll get into is just like Flo- floored this is why me. you want to be in the and cinema, and I really wanted to be. In the- yeah, oh. it would be an amazing shade, yeah. shared experience with a, with a with an audience. And I know I haven't seen, like, I've barely seen any of the Oscar nominations this year because, of course, we've, it's been really difficult to access movies. But I want her to win so bad for best script and best director because it's such a the screenplay a is movie. amazing. The screenplay is incredible, and it's also like it's so nuanced and you know some of the stuff's really hard hitting some of the stuff's so subtle you've also got like the mental breakdown essentially of an individual of an individual and, and the you know the, what the title alludes to is the the promise and that and that and the title could refer to one of two characters yeah. as well, well both, and, and the or both and the, the the that that idea of of promise and potential and how the way society treats one group of people versus another in the same situation yeah. the damage the completely irreparable damage that society can cause and just take away all that promise yeah. for one person and then allow it to continue for somebody who's you know without going into spoilers yeah we'll get to that you know, but, but, and also the supporting cast I mean so you've got Carrie Mulligan who's incredible like I knew she was a good actress but what she does in this movie is like beyond I just think she's just I can't describe how good I think she is. She's a chameleon. Yeah, it com- that's she so good. Looks- yeah, there's a certain scene we didn't even recognize her. Now I know that's makeup artist, and someone does certain makeup to your chin. But it's how she holds her face, and like when she's in all her different characters, she's amazing. Then you've got Bo Burnham. So do you know who he is? Who's kind of the, the male? Yeah, lead? he's really familiar. So he is incredibly accomplished, much like everyone else in this movie. So he was a really famous YouTuber when he was younger. Oh yeah. Then he. When he was younger. Wait, how old are we now? YouTubers (laughs) have grown up. No, he was young, like. um, And then he, like, in his early 20s, was, like, did a lot of stand-up comedy, including, like, a hugely successful um, show in Edinburgh. But he wrote 8th grade. He wrote 8th grade? So he's American. He wrote 8th grade, that movie that we absolutely loved. Remember, that's why we looked him up this morning, because we were like, who's Bo Burnham? No, I didn't see that. You did. Oh, sorry. Which is 8th grade is a wonderful movie. Um, So he's that accomplished... He's a brilliant oh, actor. I hate all these people. His his portrayal of a very again complex, nuanced situation I thought was brilliant. So they're the two leads. Yeah. Then you've got all these other ones. It reminded me a bit like Sex in the City when you always had just these different men cropping up in every episode because they were like you know the varying conquests of the women. It was like a rotating cycle of men. This movie has that with just a rotating cycle of like really famous actors. I won't even bother trying to list them all off. And but but I, like you said, that's it's perfect. Like getting Adam Brody's just got the nice guy quality, right? Exactly. And to put him in, and that's that's how they start the movie. So you know, you know where you're at straight away. <laughs> and the guy from Veep, who's like the sweetest. Yeah, guy Richard from Veep. Um, <laughs> like, like the, the casting is so good. And they have like what Max Christopher Mintz Plas. Uh, yeah, they just it's. And then you've got her parents are incredible. Karen Mulligan's parents. Yes. So just everything about it, and then so I Stifler's mom. You caught you caught that. I yeah, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember her yeah. name. I can just remember Stifler's mom. Um, but then in that that piece I referenced the Terry White piece, they were talking about like it was shot in something like 20 days, mm. and on really low budget, and it was produced by Margot Robbie's production company. She like picked up the script, and they like really believed in it, and then so the whole process is like 
very much. Margot Robbie has a production company. Every successful actor. Why are has. all these people so successful? What, um, a, why are they? Because she's yeah, a hugely successful actress. Of course, she's. They all. They want, particularly women, want to create compelling roles, be it in film or TV, for for women, of which there's you know a massive lack of women like Reese Witherspoon, obviously being a trailblazer in it. But they will bring forward female stories because they're so largely ignored. And this is one of those movies. And yeah, I just poof, it blew my mind. But and, I think and Alfred have... Molina is oh my god, yeah, has a really, really amazing quick uh, scene. Yeah, brilliant. And you've even got like really good construct that it's often in a revenge thing where like she's kind of got a bit of like a to do list she's ticking off, and you're just so with her as she's doing it. Yeah. But now let's go to spoilers. Right. So actually, before we get to spoiler streets, uh, I would like to thank some of our new patrons over on our patron page uh, at patreon.com forward slash. The Cinemile for joining at the rate of uh, two or three pounds a month. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know what our Patreon is, it's a bonus podcast feed where we cover movie, retro movies, and we do TV reviews. So this month we've been talking Line of Duty and TV. We just watched Almost Famous, and we are currently in the process of picking a movie with our patrons who choose what we're watching. Uh, we're going. It's going to be movies about cinema this month, which yeah. will be really fun. So if you want to go uh, head over there, patreon.com forward slash the cinemile and you can join up just like uh, Leanne Gale did. Thank you, Leanne. Thank you, James. Thank you, Emma Curry. Uh, Marty Walsh. Uh, R. Glared. Sorry, I'm definitely butchering that. Uh, Jack Miller. Kristen Helgerud. Erin uh, Whitaker And A.L. Fry, thank you all so much for uh, so much. joining our brilliant, fun Cinemile High Club, and we love interacting with everyone over there. So head over and give your, uh, give us some suggestions for movies about movies. And we're particularly at the moment basically doing a lot more episodes on our Patreon for obvious reasons. There's a lot of retro movies and TV out there. Ain't so many new releases for us to catch over here. Well, we're getting them now. <laughs> uh, okay, so full spoilers now for a promising young woman. Um, Don't know where to start. I don't know where to start either. I feel like we should maybe start at the end. (laughs) Okay, now there's a couple of things I want to talk about before we get to the end. Just, again, just some brilliant writing here. Like, because when we first meet Kerry Mulligan, she is, like, quite ferocious, right, in what she's doing. And it's a very much kind of, yeah, like, I'm I'm empowered for her. Like, love what she's doing. The more you get to know her and you kind of realise, okay, she dropped out of med school... You kind of learn about what happened to her best friend and the circumstances under which her friend died. And you learn that, like, Carrie Mulligan's life basically stopped at that moment, like, in parallel with her friend. And she has seemingly for years been adrift living with her parents. And she's working in a coffee shop in which she's not very doing a very good job. And and you very, you know, softly, but you, you, you learn from her parents' perspective, like they don't know like it's that promising young woman thing they basically went from having a daughter who was like presumably a huge achiever to a daughter who suddenly is completely almost lifeless and I think that was most captured on the morning of her 30th birthday which this is where I thought the writing was just she walks downstairs and there's a gift and she's like huh first of all she didn't know it was her own that's what I mean the mom's like it's your 30th birthday and she's like what and to me that was such a sign of someone in depression because like forgetting your own birthday I've, look I've often forgotten my age lately but actually forgetting your own birthday that's dark and her parents just are so upset and and then you know later on when she 
she gets her boyfriend and she's like kind of happy and like finding herself again her dad's like you know we we loved your best friend but like we love you and we've missed you and it yeah. was just like you kind of got a, like a look into the, the heartbreak that's the thing her life you know she speaks she speaks at the end about how um, Nina ceased to be Nina after that point and it's like the same thing happens to her I forgot her character's name um, the, but the same thing happens because <laughs> she's too famous if it's a really famous actress yeah. you can't remember the character's <laughs> yeah. name so, the same thing happened to Kerry Mulligan the woman the promising young woman women that both of them were you know was robbed from that incident and it's so sad because it's like not just the this and this where the movie is so complex it's like it's not just the incident itself which is awful what happened to her friend it's, it's how they were treated post the incident post the exactly. incident and this is where I absolutely love that's where the injustice comes in so it's like it was reported to Connie Britton, another amazing actress, who did absolutely nothing about it. Um, she actually went to get a lawyer, and the lawyer convinced her to drop it, who we learn later is an absolute you know, tyrant and a bully, and he was incentivized to get women to drop cases of a sexual assault. Then you had on the periphery, people like Alison Brie, who knew what went down, didn't do anything about it. Yeah. And you have this whole society which is structured around blaming the victim and letting men off the hook, for yeah. it, which is just, you know, every day of the week we know this happens. And, and I just That's, blown that, away how she navigated all this in this movie. It's so so complex. And then the, what the what Kerry Mulligan's character does is what I loved is uh, you know ch- put each of these people somehow constructed scenarios where each of these people are faced with the reality of what Nina would have been faced with. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's it's what is it? It's like taste of your own medicine and justice. And this was pure Villanelle. So she yeah. does these elaborate, Villanelle being from Killing Eve, she literally does these elaborate setups where she's like, okay, Alison Brie, we're going to meet up. She's like, hey girl. They like sit down. Now, and I really don't agree with what she did here. She got her drunker than she meant to because she pretended like she was drinking the wine too. She wasn't. Got her in it. Got her to openly say, "I believe if a woman gets really drunk, and she, you know, it's her own fault. What happens to her?" And then she Sorry, very that, darkly. That's the crucial bit here. She gives everyone a chance of redemption, yeah. or, or to allow themselves to present um, sorrow. A, sorrow or reflection. Because when you know, we see that with Alfred Molina's character, where she calls off whatever that bald guy outside was going to yeah. do. Like she, <laughs> that was brilliant. she's not somebody who's just out for blind justice. She's looking for. She's allowing forgiveness and redemption. She says, "I forgive you yeah. to, to him." That's that's the thing. She's she wants change in society, and that can only happen through acknowledging the past. And but what so, she's doing though is fundamentally so fucked up, though. Oh god, well. yeah. Sorry, I'm yeah. not justifying. No, no, I know you're that. not. I, I just mean, like it's you, a cartoon film. You kind in very of, you kind many of forget ways. as you're watching it, which so often the revenge movies are right. And when she gets Alison Brie in that really dark situation, that's really fucked up what she does to Alison Brie. Yeah. Alfred but, but sorry, the, her as a character, Carrie Mulligan, kind of recognises that later when she when she comes back off that p- dangerous path she's yeah. on. And when she meets Alison Brie, she instantly apologises. Look, I'm so sorry. I forgot to call you. That was, you know... Uh, <laughs> I love what she did to Connie Britton personally because she made, while she made Alison Brie think that something awful had happened to her... It, with, with with Connie Britton she just like Connie like, Britton got the explanation immediately yeah, yeah I really yeah. enjoyed the scene with Connie Britton I have to say I really enjoyed that and then I guess I but saw it just Connie... shows it shows I mean it, it again it's very outlandish methods but it, it, it presents the hypocrisy of that you know you know oh we can't we gotta be I get these kind of cases like, all the time she goes, these boys get, lives would be ruined she says we get these we get allegations like this twice a week 
I know that's, so, just, that's a horrifying incidental and you know, it's, bit of dialogue. You know, it's a whole another um, you know movement that's going on at the moment here, like sexual assault in schools and universities. But for someone to say we get allegations like that twice a week, and to, and for her to read that as so, ergo they're not true, as opposed to ergo we've got a serious problem know, right? with assault on our campus. Um, but then the kind of inciting incident that makes Carrie Mulligan go down this specific revenge path because at the beginning of the movie it's more like every week she's teaching unknown men a lesson but because she then meets this guy she went to university with played by Bo Burnham and they start dating and then he kind of brings up the fact that the perpetrator has moved back from London Al and then this all kind of revenge plot kicks in for her I guess and that's like what was so sad about the movie because for a while there it felt like a bit of a rom-com like he's you know seemingly a really nice guy he's very good for her they're good together and then I said to Dave like obviously he was there at the event but that's what that's what's kind of so interesting to me about this movie it's because Bo Burnham's character is a nice guy like he's not like in, in he is the, both those things he's somebody who was present during a, a horrific event did nothing about it but he's also somebody he's not pretending to be somebody for the rest of the film or all his actions with Kerry Mulligan yeah, they have is, genuine interactions they do love like, each other there's layers there's layers of complicity and there's you know he's not like Al who's an out and out baddie he is a guy who right now living in this moment is probably a guy who tries to do his best and he even says like he's completely distanced himself from those guys at college and I'm you know I'm positive that if that situation arose now he would have dealt with it very differently yeah but, but, and, but and when sorry. we see the tape when we finally see the tape or we hear the tape and luckily we don't see it um, you do even hear his voice then he's like guys this is fucked up like he's not he's not uh, enjoying it but he's certainly not saying anyone should stop or removing himself yeah. from this and when she confronts him with it he's immediately like but I'll lose my job this will help me that will help me yeah. he's immediately thinking about himself and like everyone she confronts bar Alfred Marine, M- Molina no one's thinking about the victim every person even her boyfriend makes it immediately about themselves but and also- I feel like if she'd known if you if she knew that he had been in that room though, though not a participant and not a happy participant and it wasn't her best friend and all those other things hadn't happened she would either A have never found out about it or B she she would there would have been nuance to the discussion but she could never be with him after that like it's her best friend and her whole life is trying to seek revenge for that friend exactly so their relationship was so doomed okay let's talk about the whole end of this movie because as soon as we saw a Facebook post um, mentioning a bachelor party I was like oh right, there's our third act yeah. here it comes and we've it's seen Chekhov's picture. bachelor party yeah the movie poster was her in this you know crazy nurse's outfit so albeit she seemed to be off her path of revenge we are like it's gonna come back and just the whole style of all this when like she she brings her car she like has this incredible kind of Harley Quinn-esque styling which is interesting because Margot Robbie is obviously involved in the production and just that scene of her just walking up the door to the bachelor party and you were like what crazy shit is she gonna do yeah. and I just love that like all the men are there and they open them and they're all like all to call the stripper nobody called the stripper they're so stupid and then she kind of immediately drugs them all and gets him upstairs and cuffs him to the bed and you're just like what is she gonna do but you know the whole time she's talking about Nina to him all he's doing is thinking about himself yeah. He is not even for one second thinking about... He's like... He's it's co- all excuses. It's, it's all about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
He's just so vile, right? And we hate him. And then, granted, she's about to use a, a scalpel on him. So I think, you know, in self-defense, he does attack back. But it's not... But yeah, then, it's self-defense to a point. When, and then he when just, the knee, the knee... And I thought that was a really... It was shocking. The way in which she died feels... It was so Particularly shocking. triggering with, you know, the, the past brutal. year in particular and everything. And so it, was it was just... just it was also like... We just kept saying, she's not going to die. Like, she's not going to die. Like, she's the star of the movie. She's not going to die. You're just waiting. Even when his friend came in the next morning, you're like, oh, she's going to, like, jump up out of the bed or, like... No, I didn't think that at that stage. And then that friend who we had already kind of learned kind of peripherally was an asshole. Another nice guy from New Girl kind of casting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Though he was the most probably visibly... If you met them all at a party, he was probably the one that you'd have always been like, he's an asshole. The rest yeah. of them really hid it. And he's he's immediately like, okay, we're going to get rid of the body. We're going to do this, we're going to that. For it's me, all fine. For me, he represents in that moment, like, society and how society enables these guys to just wash over these yeah. things. And because he's lit, there's a moment where he's, the, the Al guy is like, Shook and oh, what have I done? And you could see he's like, this is this is awful. And and he the but other he's still guy's only like, thinking about no. Himself, though. The other guy, but the other guy enables him. The other guy comes yeah. in and says, no, no, this isn't your this isn't your fault. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. do you know? And that he represents the lawyers, the college, everyone yeah. who let him get away with his actions. But even then, Al convinced him that he had done nothing wrong. But Al's still like, oh, my fiance's going to be so upset. Al is not at all. This woman murdered me because I attacked her best friend. But also, exactly, and and the other thing is like in that her. moment with the two of them, they never sh- like Kerry Mulligan is ceases to be a person. They yeah. never acknowledge, her and they did the same to Nina. It was no one is like discussing who she was, what He's happened like, oh, to her. It's just like she just becomes. She, it, it's as you said, it's all about them. How are we? How am I going to deal with this? What have we done? And that's it was uh, just, for me. That's it's just like that final that scene of her when she was on the bed with him with the handcuffs and everything. It was just. It was just. Like, but it's, it's also it's also, it's also a reminder dark. of when you look at this on a meta level and what this movie is trying to tell us about society. It's a reminder that this is an uphill battle um, in terms of, you know, we're we're with Kerry Mulligan who has all the power throughout this movie, but but she has no right power because it's a patriarchal society. Exactly. This is it, it, as soon as that flips and his knee comes down, you're just like, this is as you say, this is the patriarchy, and it's a. Ve- you, it, it can just crush you in an yeah. instant. And this is why just we like were it like, did Nina. We were like, what? We, we were like, what's going to happen now? And then you've got like, and then this is just when the movie became absolutely magical. It's oh my God. I, I like, this is a wedding. punch the air moment where you're like, <laughs> justice from beyond the grave. Yeah, it was basically it's so like perfect. all of your perfect fantasies of like how you would wreak revenge. And, like, and it also interestingly showed that she went into that situation thinking very clearly that she might actually die. Yeah, yeah. And she was willing to do that. And it was interesting when I read the um, interview with the director, she said there had been an alternate ending whereby Carrie Mulligan lives and she basically kills the two lads and like burns the house down. And she's like, but as a character, like that's not satisfying for Carrie Mulligan because she's then just, she's gone to, her, she's already living an incredibly dark life. And at that point it's like, then she's just a murderer. What does she just go to prison? Like, how is that satisfying for us? Whereas this way, it's almost yeah. like 
she she fully extracted the revenge and she did it from beyond the grave and that then feels very satisfying particularly because it was kind of a twist like and I just love that he got arrested like in the middle of his way it was like absolute like maximum pain for Al yeah was extracted I, I, I just yeah I mean look that bit was very satisfying but for me what's going to haunt me is how long the, the she let she let the murder scene run yeah. for it's like you're with you're with him and her on that bed for every yeah. excruciating second during the murder and and what felt like an eternity afterwards yeah. where it, there was she would not cut away and that for, that was shocking like I was breathless it was it's actually like of you know all the themes in this movie you know very strong one being male physical violence against women and then of course all the wheels of the patriarchy as they like subdue women's stories and and like people's lives experiences are just ignored but yeah that bed was just like such a vivid it was such a shock you're right though it's just that it's a reminder of the literal and metaphorical strength of yeah and you have a woman like like, like her who pa- patriarchal she's society. like was her name Cassie I can't remember anyway she she's so yeah Cassie clever. you're right she's so resourceful clearly she's so top of her class in med school yeah she's she's got everything going for her and it's just like it's just yeah god I feel like we could talk about this movie forever but I want to know what all of you guys think about it please well, message one, us one thing one thing that just struck me as well was that this this is almost the it's the opposite to that episode of Criminal UK which we saw right um, do you remember the one with, uh, the one, Kit the one with Kit Harrington where we felt like that was presenting a, a viewpoint which we felt didn't really need to be expressed like that's yeah. the viewpoint of uh, the the Al character here. Well, yeah. no, 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 in that case, whatever. We won't go to spoilers on that. But the um, whereas I felt like this is this is the kind of storytelling we need to sort of and and this is the kind of this is what I was saying earlier about like weighty subject matter, matter in an accessible manner. The way she confronts if if the if the scene where she confronts Connie Nielsen about um her the hypocrisy of her own thinking and Alison Brie. If that reaches somebody and makes them think a little bit different about how they perceive these well, I don't think subjects, those. then oh. it's kind of job done. But I'm less concerned about the scenes with Connie Britton and Alison Brie, albeit I am also Sorry, concerned. as examples. No, but I'm, I, I want the scenes from the beginning of the movie about women being really drunk yes, and men yeah, yeah, taking no, advantage. That too. So yeah, I want to hear what everyone listening to to this thought of the movie. Um, yeah, please I let us know. You, I, albeit I said I have no point of comparison of the other movies really, but I hope they win all the Oscars. Just give, just give them just all the Oscars. Give them go. everything. It's fine. I mean, no one's going to watch the ceremony anyway, but it would be nice for them to win it all. But like, suddenly this is like, I'm just excited to have this like writer-director suddenly on our... I cannot uh, wait. In our futures. Like, I cannot wait to see what she does next. And you know the way like Phoebe Waller-Bridge was given like, whatever, millions and millions and tens of millions to work with Amazon off the back of like Fleabag and... Killing Eve. Yeah, Emerald Fennel's I next Emerald project Fennel. is funded already, right? I, well, I'm sure it is, but... Yeah. I do want her to keep making movies. I know I'm a big, you know, most these days we mostly watch TV and not movies, but like there's something about like the impact of a story like this in a movie that is when you've got a message like this, I think you're, you know, the audience for it will be really big as opposed to maybe a TV series and people have to kind of follow along. And it's also just good to have such a big buzz about a movie because obviously we've been really lacking releases. Yeah. So yeah, everyone let us know what you thought about the movie. Follow us. Uh, we're at the Cinemile on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, and we're the cinemile at gmail.com. And of course, we're patreon.com forward slash the cinemile if you want to get what is now 
maybe 30, 40 retro movie reviews and dozens and dozens of TV reviews as well. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. What are you going to do? Why do you guys have to ruin everything? We were kids. If I hear that one more time, I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. I was hoping you'd feel differently by now. It's every guy's worst nightmare getting accused like that. Can you guess what every woman's worst nightmare is? I wanted to be a doctor my whole life. Lately, I've been feeling like I might want to get back into it. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What do you do when no one else is watching? What do you do that makes you happy for no reason at all? What are you obsessed with? I'm Leslie Arfin, and I'm a writer, but I'm also a dancer, a painter, a vapor, a dollhouse enthusiast, and basically just an overall hobbyist. My podcast, Filling the Void, is all about what other people are fanatically into. We talk about hobbies, even if you don't have one. Listen to Filling the Void on Tuesdays on the Erios Network, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>